Well, good morning, everybody. Everybody listening online, we're glad that you're tuning in with us this morning. And um, well, first, let me say that I am super, super proud of Joe. Last week, uh, he did an awesome job while I was at our mother's church, City Lights, preaching. And um, and so I want to thank him for filling in for me, and thank you guys for um, holding down the fort. And so I want to say thank you for that. But we are in our fifth and final week of the series Soul Activity. And it's just like, and we, we define soul activity as this, a person's total self in pursuit of being fully devoted followers of Christ. So soul activity means it's a person's total self in pursuit of being fully devoted followers of Christ. And so We've, we've looked at Mark 12.30 that has said that we're going to love God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength, right? And, but, and, and we've, we've talked about all the inward, the innards, right? The heart, the mind, and the soul. And the question becomes now, what do we do with strength, right? Like, what does it mean to love the Lord your God with all your strength? And I've titled this message, and it'll make sense here in just a little bit, but it's this, this word, veriness. Veriness. What does it look like to love God with all your veriness? And it'll make sense here in just a minute, I promise. Um, all the English teachers are going to be like, what in the world are you talking about? Okay? It'll make sense here in just a minute. But, there, but we've talked about how, like, when, there's, when we are truly followers of, of Jesus— when we truly love Jesus with all of our heart, like there's something that happens inside of us. Like it's hard to explain what happens. It's like it's hard to put into words what happens. Like something flows inside of us if we truly love God. And if, it, and if we truly love God, the natural thing that happens is it just flows out of us. And we're going to look at a story today. But before we get to that, I want to read, we're going to read Mark 12, 30 here in a second. But we're going to look at a story today that I think... It, it gives a great example of what it means to love God with all your strength. But remember, Mark twelve thirty says, And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. All the muscly people stand up. I'm just kidding. All right? And so what does it look like to love God with all your strength? And so we're going to look at a story today um, of this guy whose name was Josiah. And just to give you a little background on Josiah, he was eight years old when he became king. Eight freaking years old. Can you imagine like an eight-year-old being president of the United States? Crazy. But apparently he was a really mature eight-year-old, okay? Um, because in the first couple of years of, of him being king, well, let me say king of Judea. And Judea is the southern part of the um, Israeli kingdom, okay? Um, it's, it's just, it's a small part of... Uh, uh, at the bottom of, of, that, of that nation. And um, the thing about his, his dad and his grandfather was um, they did not worship Yahweh, the one true God. And so they, they allowed idols to come into the temple. They stopped doing, practicing Passover. Um, they, stopped, they pretty much took God out of the picture, right? And, but it said, the Bible talks about Josiah being a righteous king, being a king who loved God. And so when he became king, his, since he loved God with all of his heart and all of his mind and with all of his soul, naturally he did some things, right? And so what he, what he did was he, 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 he took out of the temple all the idols to false gods. 
He, he, he then cast out all the priests that allowed these to come in. He, he, reset the, he reset some of the boundaries. Like he did some religious reform in that day to get the nation of Judea and really ultimately the nation of all of Israel to worship the one true God again because it's something that flows naturally out of us when we really love God with all of ourselves, when our, we, our whole selves are dependent on, on God, when our, all of our love flows from that. Okay, so it'd be kind of like this. Like, I have a, a son and a daughter, Zane and Lyric. Okay, now they will probably tell you something different. But while I love them with every fiber of my being, I will do anything to make sure they are taken care of, right? And so what we're going to see is Josiah does the same thing in all of this. And we're going to pick up the story after he has cleansed the temple, he's cleansed Judea, and now it's time to set up set up how they're going to worship God. And um, so, Jer- so Jeremiah, our friend Jeremiah wrote this and saying this in 2 Kings 23, starting verse 10, 21. King Josiah then issued, so he's already done all this stuff. He's, he's gotten everything out of the temple. He's kicked out priests, put new priests in place. Everything's good. We're getting on the right track. It says, King Josiah then issued the order to all the people. You must celebrate the Passover to the Lord your God. And here's why this is important. See, the Passover was important because this is the picture. This was a celebration, a celebration of when, when, when God rescued when God rescued the Israel people. Like it was set up to say, you remember that? Like you remember when you, like it's, a, it's kind of like, you know, like at Christmas. We, re, we remember and we celebrate our salvation coming to the world. That's why Christmas is important. That's why at Easter we celebrate Easter because it's the picture of not only the, the death of Jesus, but the resurrection of Christ that gives us hope and why we should have some soul activity. Like that's, it's, so this is their equivalent. This is when God rescued them from bondage. And they stopped celebrating. They stopped remembering the things that Jesus did. This, like, this is why the, the God got pushed out of, of Judea is because they, they stopped celebrating the rescuer. So King Josiah then issued an order, this order to all the people. You must celebrate the Passover to the Lord your God as required in the book of the covenant. And in verse 22, there had not been a Passover celebration like this since the time when the judges ruled Israel. And that was a long freaking time. That was a long time. Nor throughout, through all the years of, of, of kings of Israel and Judea, but in the 18th year of King Josiah's reign, this Passover was celebrated to the Lord in Jerusalem. In verse 24, Josiah also got rid of the mediums and the psychics and the household gods, the idols and every other kind of detestable practice, both in Jerusalem and throughout the land of Judea. He did this in obedience to the laws written in the scroll that Hilkiah, the priest, had found in the Lord's temple. Never before, had a, never before had there been a king like Josiah who turned to the Lord with all his heart and all his soul and all his strength. Some versions there say all, their, all his might, obeying all the laws of Moses. And there has never been a king like him since. So this story tells us that because Josiah had turned to God and loved God with every part of his being, he cleared out everything in his life, everything in his people's life that distracted them from worshiping the one true God. 
And maybe for some of us, it's, it's time for us to get rid of some of that stuff that distracts us, some of that stuff that doesn't matter, that, but distracts us from the things that, make us, that keep us from loving God with every part of our being. But that's, that's a side note. So he loved God with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his mind, all of that, and with all his strength or might. This story tells us that while, while the heart and the soul are eternal, when we are truly in love with God, it, the internally it naturally overflows into the outward expression, outward action. So if you're taking notes, you can write this down. When, when we, if we love God with all of our hearts and our minds and our souls, we allow our internal beliefs to naturally make their way to our external actions. We allow our internal beliefs to naturally make their way to our external actions because actions speak louder than words. I'll tell you this. Growing up, we would get off the school bus. We would walk down Burnett's Creek Road and we'd walk up the hill to my grandparents' house. Me and my brother Justin would go in there Papaw would be sitting in his recliner chair here. Mamma was always in the kitchen doing something. Okay. She could cook. Okay. Doing something. But me and me and me and Justin would always turn on Power Rangers. I mean like the old school Power Rangers, like the one where like if you watch it now you can see the smoke machines. That Power Rangers, okay? Um, the one where like looking now you can see it's just two people in a suit doing this back and forth. That that Power Ranger. So we'd be sitting there watching it, and it drove my grandfather insane. It drove him insane. One because it was kind of it was a violent thing, and um, if you knew anything about um, about my grand grandfather and, grand, and grandmother, it was kind of like, yeah, um, not that it was wrong, but it was just kind of like it, that, that kind of stuff. That, other than wrestling, my grandfather did watch a lot of wrestling, and so he anything else violent was was not accepted. Okay. Um, but he, I remember several times in conversations with me and Justin, um, with other people hearing him say, you can tell what a person believes by what he does, by his actions. Now he didn't say it exactly like that, but that's what he was saying. So we'd be sitting there watching Power Rangers and him going, him going, you think Jesus would like that if you're watching that? Your actions are showing you don't love Jesus. Papa, you watched, we watched wrestling last night. You know, that don't matter. Okay. But it was like, he always, like that is stuck in my head that what you believe really determines how you act. Because actions speak louder than words. Like I can say that I love my kids, but if I don't ever do anything with, do anything for my kids or with my kids, could you really make the test of, are you just saying that with words? Like, it's like, it's like if I say, Brittany, I love you so much. She's in here today, so I better be careful. I love you so much, Brittany, but I never do anything with her. Do you think that would start to question, do you, do, does he really love me? Because actions speak louder than words. It's kind of like, if you, it's kind of like this. If you approach a thought negatively or a situation negatively, What's the outcome going to be? Negative. Because you approached it from the beginning with an attitude of your belief is negative. 
That's why I try to approach school stuff every day with a joyful heart, because I, you know, because sometimes stuff happens. I figured Mr. Milton would say amen to that. Stuff happens sometimes, or maybe maybe it's uh, maybe it's you go you're heading to the factory to work, and and it's like you already know this is going to be a bad day because you're going to have to fix that boiler. You know, so your day's already sucking because you have that negative thought. But what if we changed what we believed? What if we approached things with a joyful, happy heart that when we, when we go in somewhere, but that's a whole other message. Or it was like when uh, the last couple of years that I was a youth pastor, the last couple of years I was a youth pastor, I had this thought in my mind that, uh, that like, be honest with you, I made it a job. Made it an unfun job because of part of the situation that I was in at that moment. Like I had, I went in with a bad heart, and so I was negative the whole time. I thought I always thought everything was because somebody else did something wrong, and in reality, maybe it was partly my approach to things because our beliefs govern how we act govern how we act and if we truly love God with everything in us it's going to show outward if we really love God it's going to show in how we act out but there's some uniqueness to this passage in Joshua and of Josiah and really in Mark 12:30. and um, I'm gonna let you know how much of a dork I am I love word studies Okay, I love word studies. I like I like taking words and kind of like dissecting them and figuring out what they really mean. And and so the word strength or might used with this in these verses, anytime that strength or might is used in reference to us, it comes from what we would consider an adverb, which I said at the beginning of this sermon, this adverb vary. Like in our English language, that really doesn't make sense. What do you mean to love God with all your very? Or you can say it like this: What does it mean to love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your veryness? Well, the word usually that usually means very or veryness. The Greek translation or the, is the word power. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your power. But then you have their Aramaic translation that would say wealth. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your wealth, your power, your wealth, your strength, your might, all your veriness. And what this shows us, if you're taking notes, it's not about money, it's not about whatever, but what it shows us is, is that for... The strength of a person is not simply who he is, but what he, what he has at his disposal. It's like we, we approach God, we approach our love with God, with everything that's a part of us, our heart, mind, and soul, and our strength. And when, we, and when it flows out of us, it's like, we, it's like a picture of you holding out your hands, and it's like whatever's in your hands is his to use for the kingdom of God. That's your strength. Whatever you have in your hands. Like maybe for some of us, it's our strength. It's, 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 we're really good at social media. 
I'm really good, I'm really good at social media, so I'm going to get on there, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show the love that I have for God through social media. Maybe it's something like you're really good with your hands. I am not, I, uh, but I do got to brag, okay, for, on myself for a second. I fixed both of our toilets at our house this week. <laughs> like, I'm proud of myself. One doesn't leak anymore, and the other one flushes. And that's Brittany's alarm going off. Uh-oh. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Okay. Okay, so, so, it's like it's, so it's like maybe, maybe your, your power, your wealth, your strength, your might is the things that you can do with your hands. Maybe it's that, maybe it's, maybe it's like that, hey, I, I don't really have the, the money, the resources to help somebody, but I can go help build their house. I can help go mow their yard. I can go serve at church on Sundays or during the week when they need something. Because I'm good with my hands. I can't do all this other stuff, but I'm good with my hands. Or maybe you're just a really good listener, and that's what's in your hands. That's what you can lay out to glory, to glorify God. Maybe it's you're really good at listening and giving advice, and somebody, somebody's going to come your way. God's going to place somebody. You, God has you planted somewhere so that you can talk to that person about the love of God and the love you have for God because you're a good listener and you can hear, and we don't, because you're good at listening because you don't listen to the talk, you listen just to really feel the other person. So you can sit there and listen to them and you can have a conversation with them about the love of God and the love that you have for God and how God has changed your life forever because you're good at that. Maybe you're really good at talking. Coy McCarter. Yep. And you can, you can have a conversation with somebody because that's what you're good at. Or maybe you're a hairdresser or a barber. That's what you're good at. That's what you can lay out here with your hands and say, God, use this for your glory. That's your strength. That's your might. That's your veriness. Maybe you're a really good teacher. And you can train up the next generation not only to find the, be able to find what 2 plus 2 times A M3 squared means. Okay? But you can teach them how to be a man or a woman that chases after God. Like, I'm, okay, there's a kid at my school, okay? For, if you don't know, I'm a t- I work at Southville Middle School who got in trouble, and I was going to do like a behavior contract, which I did do a behavior contract with him, and normally at the end of the week, it's like they work for like a candy bar or a bag of chips or but this kid literally said I want to eat lunch with a man to learn what it's like to be a man broke my heart I mean tore me up like you would rather sit down with like me or Mr. Milton or somebody than have a candy bar like yeah yeah but this kid gets to go home and and he has to be a parent to his younger siblings and that's so he has, and he doesn't know what it's like to really be a man. So you get a chance to, because like your hands are open. Everything that's at my disposal for the glory of God. For some of you, it's your time. Like that's going to take some time out of my schedule. But it's okay because I have it. I'm already in the lunchroom, so I might as well do it. <laughs> right? But I, I, it's not that I, like, oh, look what I have to do. It's a, Look what I get to do because my hands are open. My strength is my palms up, pouring it out. Like it reminds me 
Remember a couple months ago when we did our vision Sunday and I talked about the woman who um, her kids were about to get taken away from her because her husband just died and she owed some debt and she went to Elisha and said, can you do something? And Elisha said, what do you have or what do you have at your disposal? He goes, I got one jar of oil. And he goes, well, go grab everybody else's in the village and pour yours into theirs. But I only have one. How am I going to fill up everyone else's? He goes, just do it. Go out with your palms up. For God to use it, everything that's in your hand, that's at your disposal. And as she, as, she, as she pours into the jars, she fills up every jar, and her jar was still full. Because she used what she had at her disposal. Or maybe for some of us, it's, you know, we're really good cooks. So I can, I can bake a cake, I can cook a meal and go take it to this person at the hospital who, um, who, who really needs you really just need somebody to be there for them. So I'm going to go, I'm going to bake them a cake and I'm going to take it to them and I'm going to sit there and go, hey, I baked you a cake because I love you. Why do you love me that much to come to the hospital and bring me a cake? Because, well, it's really because I love God and I'm everything in my hands is at his disposal. That's how we love God with all of our might, with all of our soul and our strength. It's everything at our veriness. It's everything that we have in us. Because the strength of a person is not simply who he is. It's not who you are, but what he has given you to use. Like he has you in that position for a reason. He gave you that promotion for a reason so that you can live life with your palms up, with everything at your disposal, so that people can see and love God too. This means that that the call to love God is not only with our physical muscles, but with everything we have available to honor God. It could be our spouse, our children. Like one of the hardest things I pray, and it's hard for me to pray, is, God, if you need to use my kids to further your kingdom, even if that means them going to a dangerous place, mommy may fight me on it, but you do it. If it means you're using what's at my disposal for your kingdom, your glory, and they're going to a dangerous place so other people can know the love that they've experienced in you, then go for it. It's our house, our dorm room, our pets, our wardrobe, our tools, our cell phones, our, the movies and music and computers and time. It's whatever we have at our disposal. Do we use it for the kingdom of God? Because if we truly love God with all of our hearts and with all of our minds and all of our souls, it's naturally what happens. It flows outward. And here's a great crazy thing about this. Is that as we have our palms up giving of our strength and giving of, 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 of our might, of our power, of our wealth, of our veriness, our hands are already open to receive the things that God wants to give us. Because it's the natural position of receiving too. So as we give with our veriness, we're already hands open with the very ready for God's blessing on us. And I'm not saying we give to get blessed from God. I'm just saying it's a natural thing that happens too. Because if we're truly going to love God with everything that's within us, it has to, if, we, if it's true, then it flows naturally from us. That's why 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, Whatever it is. That's why I, like, I struggle with churches who put such a high calling on 
being pastors or a worship leader or this and this. Like, this is the thing that you need to get to. No, maybe God wants you where you are in that factory, in that school, in that daycare, in that doctor's office. Maybe that's what the whatever you do. It's whatever you do. Taking your kids to the soccer field. Whatever you do. Or football field or as you're cutting somebody's hair or as you're sitting having a conversation and, you know, with someone who's coming coming off of something. Or whether or maybe it's just as you lay in the floor with your kid, playing with him. Whatever you do. While you're at Food City working. While you're at the doctor's office. You're sitting at the bus stop. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Whether it's teaching in the classroom or being an administrator or traveling across the, the country, uh, across the country, you know, recruiting people for a business, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Whether you're a manager at a bank or a teller or whatever you are, do, do whatever you do, do it for the glory of God as if you were working for the Lord. Love God with all your heart. And if we love God with all of our hearts, our mind, our soul, and our strength, and we live life with our palms wide open, we'll never, never fail. Because here's, here's what I've learned. If I try to keep everything to myself, if I try just to hold it all here, I never win. That's why the like when I'm in the Walmart line and I see somebody behind me that I know probably could barely afford to buy what's they buying, even though I really honestly could use the money to pay the bills, I say, you know what, give this to this person behind me. Because if I if I if I don't do it, then I'm not like you ever have that feeling like you just got you just got to give it away or to stop in the hallway because you know a person's made uh, like a really hard decision to leave a place of employment because they feel God God calling them somewhere else and you just have that urge to go you know what let me pray with you for a minute let me give what I have to you let me pray with you for a minute because I know the next couple weeks, although it's going to be exciting for a new career, it's going to be hard. And, you, and I know you need some strength. So all I have to give you right now is my prayer. Whatever it is, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God with your hands wide open. Because there's always somebody watching. Always. It might just be your kids, but it may be that co-worker that's, that co-worker that's seeking, knowing that there's something different about you, and I want to know what it is, so they're just watching you, watching you like a hawk. Is he going to mess up right here? Is he going to join in in this conversation? Is he going to join in this conversation? Oh, no, he didn't. I wonder why they didn't join in with that conversation that the co-worker was having. Hey, why didn't you, why didn't you join in with that conversation that co-worker was having? And there's your chance. You know, I used to have those conversations with people. 
I used to have those kind of conversations with people, and, but something changed in me. My, like my, my heart started breaking for people. Or, oh, here's their chance to steal, steal that. Are they going to take it? Oh, no, they didn't. Because then when we start living life like this, and there's people watching, we're going to get opportunities like we've never seen before. It's going to be like, you know, my, my favorite passage lately in Habakkuk 1.5. Like, if we live life like this, what's, what Habakkuk 1.5 says is that God's going to do something. Something so big that if someone would have told you, you wouldn't have believed it. But we've got to live like this instead of like this. That's how we love God with all of our strength, with all of our might, with all of our veriness. The very part of me, the veriness of me, the very part of me, I'm going to rip out of me and give it to someone else. That's veriness. But God, I want to thank you so much giving us an opportunity to be here this morning and worship you, God. And I just pray. I pray that this Eve, this whole series has meant something to everyone here. I pray that we really begin to seek out, do I really love God with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind? And if I really do, is there, is there evidence of that flowing out of me? And if not, let there be. Give me the opportunity to serve those around me. Allow the gifts that I have, the things that I have at my disposal, my power, my wealth, my time, my whatever it may be, may, may that be used as an example of the love that I have for you. But maybe in here this morning, God, their first step of loving you is accepting you for the first time. First time taking that step to love you. Guys, I want to celebrate that this morning and just say thank you for your love that compels us to want to love you. The cross and the resurrection shows us that no matter how screwed up we were going to be, you still loved us with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and all your strength. And that should, as your people, flow from us to others and to you. I pray all this in your name. Amen.